stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast. Hey, 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 thanks for tuning in, Brave Makers. My name is Tony Gapastone. I am the founder and executive director of Brave Maker. Love doing this show every week. I am a filmmaker and I'm in Northern California. My pronouns are he, him, his. I am in my studio in Redwood City, California. I'm wearing this really bright kind of obnoxious orange shirt and my green Brave Maker trucker hat, my black glasses, a little bit of scruff. I'm a Caucasian man. And you can find me on the interwebs at TonyGap.com, as well as BraveMaker.org for all the socials. I'm always joined by my friend, co-host, and collaborator, Christina Jackson. Hey, hey, what's going on, Tony? I'm Christina Ray Jackson, coming to you from Dublin, California, in the East Bay. And I'm in my home studio, and my pronouns are he, she, they. I am queer, and I'm sitting in my favorite Will Model C power chair, ready to get this show on the road, Tony. (laughs) All right. So those of you who are new to the show every week, K-Ray cosplay, what we got going on today? Yeah, let's break it down. This is Miguel meets Miles Morales uh, from Spider-Man, and this is from one of my favorite, favorite movies, and also Feliz Dia de los Muertos, for those of you who are still celebrating Uh, It's one of my favorite movies about celebrating um, the afterlife and those we've loved who have moved on. And uh, so that's the mashup today. Miguel meets Miles. One of my favorite things, I just was scrolling through Christina's hashtag K-Ray cosplay last week and commenting on all these things. (laughs) It's so inspiring and the list goes on and on. So as we go into our, our opening banter, Uh, How are you braving your way toward your creative goals? I just want to encourage you every week we start this show with this question. And I almost feel like sometimes people feel overwhelmed by it. Like, where do you start? And sometimes you just go like, have fun with it. Start small, Mm -hmm. do something creative for yourself. If you've got big dreams to create a film, start small in one little way you can move your project Mm -hmm. forward could just be looking at uh, make a Pinterest board of, of potential wardrobe options for your main characters, you know, do something. So wow. Christina, what has it been this week? What have you done this week to brave your way towards your creative goals? Tony, you're like in my head. So Tony and I <laughs> are shooting my first music video this Friday, the live action part. The other part is animated and I got to do the wardrobe. So I was, I was telling Tony, I was like, well, what do we wear? He's like, that's your job. So I I started pulling pieces and coming up with ideas and I made a vision board and I shot it over to Tony and the other actor who's going to be in this live action sequence with me. And that's the first time I ever did anything like that. And it was super fun, a little intimidating, uh, but that's how I'm braving my way this week, like learning a new skill. And I love love that, you know, as filmmakers and storytellers, like it's always fun to learn something new and jump in and try something new and can't wait to see how these looks turn out. Right on. And I'm stoked to be able to be working on set with this. If you're watching us live or on the replay, you can follow our social media because we will be posting. You can guarantee all day yeah. Friday uh, what's what's happening behind the scenes. So find out more at Brave Maker Org on the Instas. 
And this week I, so I'm attending the American film market this week. So it's an online conference. Normally it's in person in Santa Monica, California. It's the second year they've done it in person. It's basically a place where filmmakers go and finance financiers and sales agents go to make connections with filmmakers to find distribution and financing and potential collaboration. So I've been on this uh, online experience since Monday and it's been so cool. It's also really exhausting because you're, you're going to all these virtual events and getting all this really cool education, but it's about building relationships. So if you ever get a chance to check out the American film market, it's basically always in November uh, in Santa Monica. And this year you can still jump on for a couple extra days, but it's been cool to meet people from all around the world and check this out. I talked to a guy from Romania this, this, uh, this morning. And then this afternoon I was in a, a uh, uh, virtual round table and this woman heard me say Bay Area. She's like, I'm in the Bay Area. I'm in Palo Alto. And I said, well, I'm in Redwood City. I'm like 10 minutes wow. from you. <laughs> and so we're going to find a way to link up in person. So super cool. And that's what Brave Makers here too. We just had a fantastic party on Friday night. Yeah, we did. Celebrating the arts and film and, and music and Halloween. It was so fun. It's going to be an annual thing. So be on the lookout yeah. for next year when we do this. But with no further ado, Let's bring out our special guest. Uh, we're so grateful to have Rocky Roggio. I like to say a little time. Rocky Rocky. <laughs> you got to say it with the accent. How you doing? Thanks for yeah, having you me. Do. Absolutely. <laughs> so great to have you. We're grateful to our producer, Alex Todd, who found you, found your film. But yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you are today and what you're up to. Sure. Uh, so my name is Sharon Rocky Roggio. My pronouns are she, her. I currently am living on the East Coast as we're doing post-production out of New York City. But right now I'm in Los Angeles. I'm actually in Sun Valley. We did some filming today. Uh, yesterday we were in Long Beach. Today we were in Santa Monica just wrapping up some things for the movie. Um, but as, speaking of the American film market, I'm very familiar with uh, the film market and just the industry in general. But I am a lesbian woman, grew up in the church. And ended up mixing my experience as a gay Christian with filmmaking. And so that's kind of why we're here today to talk about, I guess, me being brave and standing mm -hmm. up not only for myself, but for the entire community, our queer community mm -hmm. saying, uh, no, enough is enough. And, you know, uh, now we have some tangible evidence to bring to the table to hopefully get people to sit down and say, I don't know if the Bible really says what you think it says. Mm. And uh, it has been mistranslated. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. I'm a filmmaker doing a documentary now on LGBTQ exclusion, inclusion in the church <laughs> and the Bible. So thanks for having me. I love that. That story is definitely close to my heart as someone who came out as a teen and definitely struggled with fitting in uh, with my church community and ultimately kind of walking away for a while. And so this is wonderful that you're telling a story. Before we get into more of that, however, I'm a comic book writer. I love comic books. And some of my favorite stories are origin stories. So okay, Rocky, great. we'd love to hear your origin story. Where were you born and raised? And sure. how did your upbringing uniquely prepare you for the work that you're doing today? Yeah, I mean, I would say I've been unknowingly preparing my entire life for this. <laughs> uh, my origins start out with a simple family upbringing. I guess you could say I, I was the all we were the all American family. Uh, my mom's a nurse. My dad was head of the household, whatever that means, you know, uh, <laughs> head under God. And uh, you know, we were a typical family: Sunday, Sunday school, Sunday church prayers before meals, soccer practice, you know, piano lessons. 
Uh, and we had this bond in this community that said, you belong. And within that community of where you belong, you know, comes this understanding that nothing can separate that, nothing can break that. And um, mm -hmm. that's kind of what we were told. And so I believed it and I lived my experience in that way. But all the while, growing up in Christianity, you see, or I would see red flags, or so I would call them. I don't know if that's what I called them then, um, but things that just didn't add up. And I always challenged them. And so I was always labeled as the troublemaker. And then, you know, later on, I realized that it was the gay thing, you know, that thing. Uh, and that doesn't really go well with a Christian experience, lifestyle, family. And so uh, I was then excluded and learned very quickly that what I was taught, that that community that would always be there for me mm -hmm. was not. It came with uh, conditions and mm -hmm. I didn't fit those conditions. And so then as a teen, I left uh, right after high school and spent my adult, young adult, teen college years trying to now fit in in this outside world that I knew nothing about, uh, but maybe then trying to get back in with my family. And what that means is that you have to then put on a mask. Mm -hmm. When you're around people who are uncomfortable with who you fundamentally are, you're constantly wearing a mask. And I wore the mask for many years, you know? And so in the, in the real world where I was told I had a choice, I can stay in, in the fear of God and in this idea doctrine, or I can go out into the world. And I went out into the world, you know? Uh, and so trying to balance between the two, not really knowing how to belong in the other, and then was told I don't belong in this one. Um, so that mask for many years, as you can imagine, weighs on you. It, ha it, it weighs on you in many different ways, spiritually, emotionally, um, physically, like I, I, I wear it in my body, you know, pain in my back, just different, different ways that it, it expresses mm. itself. Um, and so through that trauma, which I now realize is religious trauma and these ideologies that are pumped into our culture and our society, uh, that tell us that we are bad, wrong, evil. And then again, uh, so after, so then what I did with that experience, so my parents are always trying to still save my soul bring me back into mm -hmm. falling in line with their ideology and not necessarily um, expanding from that small reality that I, I think it is, you know? Um, so we have now grown to an understanding where the only way that we can really be an influence to one another is to not say, no, I give up. I can't have you in my life, but to do the best we can. So we're still wearing masks, but the only way that we're going to be able to influence each other is if we're around each other. So we're trying to love each other as best we can. Uh, and that's kind of my experience. So through that whole experience, when I learned of this research that I'm now doing a documentary on, I've invited my parents to participate. My dad is actually in the film. And so I've invited them to look at this theology and, and, and understanding that the, the Bible wasn't written in English. There are 450 mm -hmm. English versions of the Bible alone. So there has to be disagreements. And the only reason why you would want to make a new translation is because you disagree with the previous one that was put out. And so if we can just get our fundamental brothers and sisters to see this and understand it was 22 white men sitting in a room that made a decision that impacted all of us. And how does it play out in our reality? 
So yeah, my origin story definitely has been unknowing, unknowingly preparing me for this because I understand the conservative mindset. I understand where they're coming from because I lived it, breathed it, was it, uh, and, and know those roots. And so as we're going through these themes, our goal is in the film is to express them with grace, with empathy mm-hmm. for the other side. And not we don't want to throw the rug out from under anyone. We don't want to have anybody lose their faith or their grip on what they believe. Uh, we just want them to understand where those beliefs come from and how man could have infiltrated our understanding of God. And then so since I was thrown out into the world after 20 some plus years, I know a little bit about it. And hopefully we'll be able to express these themes to an atheist world, uh, to people who don't come from a faith reality, but understand that Christian nationalism is taking over in our country and these ideas impact all of us. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then lastly, understanding the LGBTQ community and also understanding being hurt by the church and being marginalized. Mm -hmm. So I'm taking whatever bit of privilege I have uh, as even a passing sometimes, you know, like, but just as a, as a, as a, a woman that can use my voice and now take the community that I've built and the friends around me to help propel that voice again, to say no, uh, and take the evidence that we found and hopefully get people to say, you know, I think we should listen to this because if what we're doing and what we've been doing isn't working and it's actually hurting people, mm-hmm. maybe we should at least just let's all talk about this. That's our goal. That's it. We don't want to change minds. Uh, we just want to be included at the table for conversation, be very honest and forthcoming with our biases invite everyone to the table as well with their own biases. And then let's, let's get to the bottom of this through real Mm -hmm. academic integrity and love for one another. I know that was a lot. Wow. (laughs) No, it was amazing though. I really, we really appreciate you coming. We're so glad again that we connected with you. In fact, there's some kind of six degrees or maybe it's one degree of separation. We had your executive producer, Daniel Carslake, on the show uh episode 46 before chris before christine had come aboard on brave maker he came to share his film they know not what they do nice. pre-pandemic so i interviewed him when he was in germany still is i believe in berlin and so when our producer brought you to us i thought this is so cool and kathy baldock was scheduled in March of 2020 to come to our church to do a workshop. (laughs) So all these really cool connections with your work. It's pretty, pretty beautiful. Um, Hopefully she comes back because she's great live. 2020 was just one of those years. But yeah, if you can get her to come back, absolutely book her. She's fantastic. The energy of the room is great. And Daniel is my mentor. And what an amazing opportunity to have someone with his understanding of not yes. only filmmaking, but this material yes. to help guide me. So it's pretty, pretty That's cool. fantastic. We're going to, so we'll put in the show notes, if you're listening to this on the audio replay uh, episode 46, so you can meet Daniel and listen. Uh, and we actually screened the film for They Know Not What They Do for two audiences in the Bay Area. And I look forward to being able to share this film, yes. 1946. So uh, why don't we, with no further ado, why don't we watch the um, the, the trailer 
to to the film and we can chat more about kind of the making of this and what else we can expect so here is the trailer to 1946. neither fornicators nor idolaters nor adulterers nor homosexuals shall inherit the kingdom of god I went into this research wanting the answer, no matter what it revealed. If God said, you are such a horrible abomination that I needed to rid this planet of myself, I was willing to do that because I love God that much. But when I dug in, that's not what I found. We didn't know what we were going to find when we dug into the RSV notes. It was a letter written by a 21-year-old seminary student to the translation team saying, hey, I think you chose the wrong word when we put the word homosexual in here. He says, I write this after many months of serious thought and hard work to point out that which to me is a serious weakness in translation. Misinformed and misguided people may use the RSV translation of 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10 as a sacred weapon. He wrote the letter as David S. We found him and he's still alive. So I wrote a letter and to my amazement, I got a reply back about three weeks later. I received your letter and uh, there may be something to, to what you say. The domino had already fallen and that word followed through to all the other mainline translations that we have today. I started weeping because I was thinking about all the damage that had been done over the last 60 years. The lifestyle of some male homosexuals has triggered an epidemic. The Bible condemns homosexuality as a sin. Why did they put the word homosexual into the Bible? What were they thinking? The church is doubling down on this issue because they've so politicized it. We're gonna do the work to make this thing right. This shows that there was a mistake, and it's an honest mistake, and we have an opportunity to change it. So some would say taking on the Bible is one of the most taboo things one could do, and I love it. I'm super, I'm super uh excited to see this because i think the bible has been as it says in there has been weaponized on so many people uh lgbt people specifically and and women uh too in so many ways i grew up in these types of churches where it was really good intentioned you know things were said that the man is the leader of the house i remember early on in my dating life uh, as i was preparing for marriage with my wife I had a good intention pastor say, you know, you get to have the final say as the man of the house when you're at odds with your wife. And I remember hearing that in a very gentle, compassionate way, thinking, okay, taking on this mantle of leadership, but that is really damaging and so destructive uh, and all these different things that, you know, come according to the Bible. So I'd love to hear, you know, about the making of this movie that I'm sure has been really challenging because you're getting pushed back from people of faith, right, who uh, have probably excluded you for or called you certain things because of your take on theology, as well as hear about sort of the craft of bringing this together, because these, you know, the, the craft alone of making a film is super hard. But when it's a, about a topic like this, it's so 
personal and close to your heart, I'm sure the trauma sort of is elevated. So however you want to respond to that question, uh, what's something you're learning about yourself or something that you're having to navigate through as you do this? Um, well, so the one thing, I guess, uh, learning about myself, I, 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 it is stamina. I mean, you have to be able, this is a long haul, you know? And so I knew that I would be able to do it, but being able to maintain the pace is the biggest challenge. Um, so, uh, but, uh, but, you know, overall, the whole film has been quite challenging because, it's not a funded project. It's an idea that I had based off of being a victim of what I call bad theology that has greatly impacted my life. And once I learned of this important research, I felt it pretty much, it would have been irresponsible of me not to do this work because it can really impact and change how we look at Bible translations, how we treat one another, how we create law, uh, and really just create more space for any marginalized person. The weapon has, the Bible has been weaponized against countless groups and the LGBTQ community is just the next in line of a long list of others. And so I, when I first learned of this research, um, I pretty much just started investing. Uh, I first, I won the trust of Kathy and Ed to tell their story. And I wanted to meet David, who's the young seminarian who wrote the letter in 1959 he is a retired minister living in Canada. And so uh, it's I'm so grateful that he is alive and able to share his story. And we've been fortunate enough to be at his home and on different conferences and exposing him to the world. And, and his story is incredible. Uh, and so I just first started to work overtime outside of my job uh, any hours I could and spending a ton of money. I spent $32,000 my own finances in the first year mm -hmm. on this movie. Um, but that led us to, at one of these conferences, finding parents, this couple that has a gay son, and they've been putting their finances towards supporting these types of ministries. And so we met, they actually are um, executive producers on Daniel's second film for They Know Not What They Do, saw us at one of the conferences and said, hey, I can help you with this. So. Uh, my initial time and money and sacrifice investment turned to them giving us the first round of funding uh, that led to Daniel Karslake becoming our executive producer. And then um, we got into Women Make Movies, which is our fiscal sponsor, so we can receive charitable donations um, and they, they receive them for us and then give them to us. So that was really exciting. That was 2019. Uh, and then uh, we went to Q, we went to the reformation project and, you know, I can't pay, we can't pay people to really do this. Like the, the money, it's not a lot of money that we were working with. So I quit my job to work full time on this. Uh, and then COVID happened. <laughs> so considering I had left my awesome paying job six months earlier, uh, our funding slowed down. I couldn't get unemployment. So 2020 was a very challenging year for me personally. Uh, and I had to make a decision in order to continue to make this movie. I had to move. Uh, so I left Los Angeles to cut all of my living expenses in half uh, and continue making this movie. 
um, which has since paid off. I, you know, I mean, I, you can make a home wherever and the movie is more important, but the point is, is that it's, it's just not easy. You know, one thing, one takeaway is, you know, I know there's a lot of anticipation about this film and I've had to personally fundraise, which is why I do all of the social media. And I do, we have people that help, but I primarily I run everything. And so I put a ton of effort into building a community so people know what we're doing so we can be supported. And it's it's helped. We definitely are now through a structure edit. Now we're fundraising for technical post-production. Um, but one of the things that people don't understand is how long some of these things take, how much time and effort and in the editing and all the technical stuff. Um, but what we've been able to do in three years is pretty amazing. Now, my goal is to get it out as quickly as possible or to continue to hopefully let the audience know these kinds of, you know, if we were fully funded, we still might take four years to make the movie, you know? Um, so I guess my point is being patient with us and understanding the process and knowing that we, and when I say, you know, we, it's the producers that we've built and Kathy and Ed and um, uh, everyone around this movement, um, this is more than just a movie. We see this going beyond the film, uh, working in people's homes and people's church communities across the sea. We've met with faith leaders from Denmark and all over Africa. We have connections and, and donors in Australia. I've met with people in New Zealand, Canada, you know, and so people are excited about this. And if they can either, you know, just give us the, it's either time or money. And or now we have an opportunity. I knew we were talking about the American film market. We just got into Doc NYC this year as the next documentary to look out for. So in two weeks, we're going to be meeting with networks and meeting other filmmakers. And now that we have a structure edit, it'll hopefully be a little bit smoother to get that gap funding we need to pay for animation, color correction, illustration, mm -hmm. post, you know, all that stuff, the audio post. So, um, so yeah, I think just sticking with it, knowing that we're doing something important. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, besides just my own motivation to stick with it, it's been encouraging as much as there's a lot of negativity that comes in from doing something like this, the positive outcry has been so inspiring. And the messages we receive almost daily of people who are like, I was, you know, desperate at my, you know, just so distraught about how my family treats LGBTQ people or, or how I've been treated or am I okay to be in this kind of relationship and all these personal struggles that people are having to share with us. It's incredible that personal information that people share with us because they need to know that they are not an abomination. They're not these things that they've been hearing all their lives in the church buildings. Um, and so it's really encouraging to see the, the positive comments that come up and then all of the, um, the supporters from all over the world that step up with me and use their voice and say, no, this is not okay. And, you know, so anyway, it's really, really cool. Oh my goodness. I'm crying on the show. This is wonderful. <laughs> um, I wasn't expecting this. This is such a huge film. What you are bringing globally. It's already having such an impact. That trailer was so powerful. I think as someone who is part of the community, I had just, accepted that this was going to be the way it was until probably I died that there wouldn't be where you're coming to the table with your parents where they're conservative and they're like no this is a sin and you're like well actually 
you know, let's have this conversation. That was something I had just, Tony and I were just talking about how it felt sometimes when you're gay, that you're, like you said, wearing a mask, that you're kind of living in the closet, like a closeted life, you know, where you're really not out and celebrating and letting people see who you are authentically because you have so much inner turmoil. So this is huge that you're showing us how to have these extremely difficult conversations that have had life and death consequences. They've been just so incredibly damaging and shattering to families. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about how have you tackled the trauma of it? Because I never have clearly. Um, So how have you tackled the trauma of it to be brave enough to keep confronting this issue? Because it's not easy. Like you said, people can become very violent, very defensive about what's in the Bible. So how have you taken care of yourself, Rocky, and your heart to have enough wellness and peace and stability to keep doing this fight, to be such a soldier? Yeah, that's a really good question. That's a really hard part. Um, I've always been one to take care of others over myself, and I'm still working on that. Uh, And uh, so, you know, I think just, I don't know, maybe I need to go to more therapy. No, I don't know. Um, Just, I think what really helps me is verbalizing it. And then what really helps me is the community because I do have people that text me and I do have people that check in with me as much as I might not think that they're there, you know, or not even realize like how, how many people are really checking in with you. Um, they're there. So I think that community is just really important. And then for anyone then who might be listening, uh, go out and find that community and make mm-hmm. sure you have friends that are texting you and checking in with you and that you can cry too. I do a lot of crying. So anybody who does it's wonderful. In my inner circle knows <laughs> that I let it out. And I think that's actually really healthy because otherwise mm-hmm. you bottle it in and it comes out in really unhealthy ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, if that's how I deal, then I'll be a little cry baby. That's okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. So yeah, but thank yeah. you for that question because yeah, it's a hard, that's a hard part. Mm. We yeah, we definitely talk a lot on this show about the humanness of being filmmakers. We're often, you know, hustlers and we're sacrificing and we're spending our own money and mm. we're getting up early and going to bed late, and it definitely wears and tears on your your yourself, your person, your body, literally. But but that important part too of what your subject matters, it's so personal and traumatic. And we're also in a pandemic and there's racial injustice and there's still more things, you know, people are still losing rights and fighting against the LGBTQ plus community. So the personal self-care is so, so important. And uh, I think we can't talk about that enough. So thank you for uh, admitting it. It's hard. And it's still like sometimes balance is a myth, right? Trying to figure out how you do it. Uh, I wanted to chat to you a little bit about kind of the technical nitty gritty. Had you ever made a film? Had you made a short film? Or did you (laughs) pick up a camera? You know, you're spending all this money. Like, because we have people who are just getting into the space too, and they want to make documentaries and, you know, Mm -hmm. people make it on their phone. So what, talk about anything about the equipment or the team, you know, the literal technical making of it and recording these stories and getting Mm -hmm. these visuals together. Yeah. So I, um, I work in the film industry. I'm primarily a production designer or an art director, but I've also done a lot of prop prop mastering. So uh, I work in the art department. 
But I've also done a lot of producing and production managing. So I understand structurally filmmaking. I've done a little bit of budget making, uh, a little bit of line producing. So I've been in the business for a couple decades. Uh, and I was able to then apply my managerial skills and my art skills to putting together uh, a vision and um, you know executing some of the managerial type stuff. But I not a technical person, definitely not an editor, uh, not really a camera person, but I had to become those things because there was nobody else to do it, especially with mm -hmm. David being so old um, or, um, you know, uh, in his later years. And so um, I called some of my filmmaker friends and that's him right there, Collier, there he is. <laughs> and uh, asked him if he had any cameras I can purchase. And he ended up, um, I purchased two pocket cinema minis, black magic pocket minis, and did my first round of interviews on them. Uh, met Reverend David at the first conference, right here is that mini right there, uh, and that was David. And then um, met Todd and Teresa, there's the mini again, who were able to come in with that first gift for us to get us through uh, that second year of production. Um, and so I, sweated that first year. It was so stressful to try to book the rooms and pay for everything and, you know, make sure the lighting's right, which obviously I'm not doing well in my makeshift apartment right now. Um, you know, the audio was so stressful, you know, all of these different things that it's like, you know, I'm spending my own money to try to win this story. Um, so that was added stress. Uh, and what had happened was that it, the, the, a lot of that first round footage isn't in the movie, but it got us to a place where people were able to see my vision and I was able to be brave and pick up a camera and say, I'm going to learn this. I'm going to spend extra hours on YouTube so I can get and get to tell this story. Uh, and then through that, that first round of gift, we were, gifts, we were able to hire uh, a crew to go to the next conference and get all the professional footage that we needed. Um, so, and then that next year after we had all the footage, now we're still doing a little bit of some shooting with our experts and pickups and different things, but we've got two more days and we're done. Um, we didn't have money for an editor. And so it was 2020, January, 2020. And I'm like, well, I'm going to teach myself Premiere Pro. And I did, I taught myself how to use Premiere Pro. And so now I can edit and I do all the TikTok wow. videos and different things, but I'm still very, I mean, like I can, you know, put it in, make a little video. I can put the graphics in now, the music, you know, whatever. Um, and I was really proud of myself, but I'm not a storyteller editor, you know? So after um, about a year, another year through after the 2020, it was a February, 2021, I called Daniel Carslake and I said, if we don't hire someone now, like now this movie's never going to get done. I, I just can't do it all, you know, and it's stressing me out. Like I'm trying to get a structure, even something together, but I am doing all the promotion and the social media and fundraising. Like, and so we came up with a plan and we went back to our original donors and asked them if, if I can raise $25,000, would they match it just to get someone hired? And I don't know how I did it in two weeks. I found the $25,000 that I needed and we had 50 K in the bank and we hired our editor and yep. And then that turned into, a, they invited another couple to then give us another 25 and we've gotten through our structure edit with Jill now as our editor, Jill Woodward. So I, it's just about, for me, I did know a little bit. So I had, you know, that little bit of a foundation, but then being brave enough to say, okay, if I can't pay someone to do this, I believe in this enough 
take the extra time to do it. And I think now one of the beauties about our industry and the beauty of technology is, you know, I hate to say that anyone can be a filmmaker, but you really can. If you put your mind to it, if you want to be a storyteller, you want to be a, a recording artist, if you want to be a screenwriter, you know, the only thing that's holding you back is yourself. There are groups out there, there are people's out, people out there, there are workshops out there. And so you need to be your own self-motivator and then find what works for you. So that's what worked for me. It's so far working. And um, now we just got to take it to the finish line. <laughs> and how can we help you do that, Rocky? Yes. Out here oh. in the community, what can we do to so help first, you out? Yeah. Mm -hmm. the first way is just share. Follow us on social media and share. That's just incredible. That's a goes such a long way. Let people know that we're doing this, that this research is out there um, and encourage people to continue to share. Our TikTok is growing. Uh, we're on 1946, the movie across all social media platforms. But then if anybody did want to help us financially, we do have a GoFundMe mm -hmm. up. And we also, as I mentioned earlier, have a fiscal sponsor. So they're able to receive charitable donations on our behalf. And uh, you can get a tax write-off to help us make this important work. Um, and so, yeah, if you can't donate, share, like, mm -hmm. follow, comment, interact. Uh, and if you can donate or know people who can, please share it on. Uh, also, any celebrity contacts or anybody that you know that might be, this would impact them. Um, because if somebody puts a post up for us, that just is so helpful. Uh, and I know that that's a lot to ask a lot of influencers and whatnot, but you never know who you know that'd be like, I can get behind this and I'll take 10 minutes and do a post for you, you know. You are seriously the epitome of a brave maker. I am so <laughs> glad yeah. to have had you today. Kudos. You. Uh, I, you know, both Christine and I are working on multiple projects as many makers do and, uh, you know, raising funds and using your creative energy and writing and collaborating and finding the right partners. It just can be really discouraging and exhausting, but also at the same time thrilling. And sometimes you just need that that one win for the week or for the month to get you through. And I am just, 100%. yeah, your story, uh, all of us as we're listening and watching, I hope uh, today all mm -hmm. of our community keeps going and does one thing to move that, that forward. And I really mm -hmm. do think the sacrifice piece is huge. Sometimes we're, we're so afraid to risk on our own value to risk on our own dreams and, and passions and purpose. And you did that. You invested your own money, you, you know, buying those black, we use black magics all the time. They're great. <laughs> I just love seeing some of those behind the scene clips. You, you made it happen. You're miking up your subject to interview. It's just do it. There's no excuses. Oh. There's no excuse in this day and time, with all the technology yep. to not get something done. So way to go, Rocky. Uh, we you. we want to support you. And if uh, when this now, if when when this is finished, please let us host conversations for you here in the Bay. 100%. Yep. We I would be lot. honored. Thank okay. you. Yeah, yeah, we have a lot of churches that are affirming churches and some that are trying and growing to be. Mm -hmm. And really the only way that they're going to move forward is through stories and films like yours. So kudos and thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, it's the time of our show where we, we favorite one thing. So it's just one thing of the week. It's called our Brave Faves. Brave Faves. TV shows, films, books, songs, technology, clothing, podcast, food, and more. These are a few of our favorite people, places, and things. Brave Faves. 
All right. One thing, Christina, what do you got? What's your brave? Or two, you have two things I heard this week, right? What do you got? I got two. Yeah. I'm going to start with on Netflix, the movies that made us. My mom turned me on to this show. Thank you, mom. It is so cool. You want a really in-depth behind the scenes of how Halloween was made or Friday the 13th and a bunch of other really cool movies from everything, distribution, financing, casting, all the stuff that as a filmmaker you have to get in order and in place to bring that film to viewers. They talk about all of it and it is so engaging and it's hilarious and it's it's a wonderful show on Netflix and it's binge worthy and it's in season three. So yeah, that's my brave fave. And the other one, if you want to rock out, I know it's like the middle of the week, but I party every night because I live with a five-year-old, so she doesn't know. Uh, <laughs> Tuesday nights are in time to turn up. But this song, if you want to turn up anytime, I love Steve Aoki. I'm a huge fan. Put this song on, rock out, it'll make you feel good. Those are my brave faves, and I'll throw it over to you, Tony. So I said earlier, I'm at the American Film Market this week, and I was at this phenomenal... Uh, discussion on marketing and the uh, the presenter his name was Rus- Russell Schwartz and Russell uh, has a book called The Marketing Edge for Filmmakers and I don't think we talk about this enough as filmmakers is you have to learn how to market and do your own public relations sometimes until you get to the the place where you can hire someone to do it you have to learn how to be good at social media and telling your story and i've learned you know the hard way in making all my short films that when we made our feature film this year i said okay i gotta make sure i have a still photographer and a behind the scenes videographer on set to capture all these things to put press packages together and and have a really good kit so that when the film is finally finished we could be marketing it so i recommend the marketing edge for filmmakers by Russell Schwartz. Nice. Rocky, what about you? What's your favorite thing of the week? Well, my favorite thing of the week would be this week, outside of the entertainment, watching anything on Netflix or or music, um, I got to go to a live conference of the Reformation Project, which was started by a guy called Matthew Vines, who wrote a book called God and the Gay Christian, and got to hang out with a whole bunch of moms and authors and LGBTQ Christians, Kathy Boldock, Yvette Schneider, who was just in the movie Pray Away, which is on Netflix, uh, and get to hear stories and share stories. But my favorite thing of the week is we did our first test screening of the movie, and we screened it for 100 people here at the Reformation Project. We didn't announce it until 4 p.m., and we had 100 people show up that night, and we have focus group now, feedback, and Everyone laughed at the right places. They cried at the right places. The movie's not even done, and it's going to be way better than what they saw. And it, I'm just so grateful that it was received really well. So thank you, The Reformation Project, for letting us kind of piggyback off your conference and <laughs> test our movie. So that's it. That's really cool. I know yeah. I've heard of Matthew Vines and read part of his book. So really cool. Awesome. Cool. Great, great, brave faves for the week. Yeah. Right on. Rocky, well, thanks for joining us. Stay tuned uh, before you go. Uh, thank you to all of you who uh, watched on the, the replay or watched with us live. 
thank you to those of us, who, those of you who support us. Uh, you know, fully, or if you don't, we're a nonprofit. So Brave Maker is a 501c3 nonprofit. Christine and I do this work every week because we believe in brave storytellers. We believe in justice, diversity, and inclusion, and the way that we will see our culture be impacted and changed is through stories like Rocky's here and through the work of brave makers like her. So if you are so inclined and you want to give and support, you can go to bravemaker.com slash donate, or you can use your phone. Just text the word brave maker to 44321. You know, Christine and I have been doing this together for over a year and a half since March of 2020, uh, when she joined the live show and we started this, it's been amazing to see all the people we've talked to. We want to keep going. We have big dreams to see more films be made. Our first feature film is coming out March 24th, Last Chance Charlene. We'll do a local premiere in Redwood City, so please mark your calendars for that. And we're always looking for people to come on and support, become executive producers of our work. You can check all that information out at BraveMaker.com. And if you never want to miss anything, go to BraveMaker.com slash buzz where you can get our bi-weekly newsletter every other week. And that's it. That's our show. Uh, Rocky was fantastic. Please support the film at the, um, at the information in our show notes uh, or 1946themovie.com. Uh, we will be for sure sharing more on our social media page. This is Brave Maker Org. Rocky, this was fantastic. We Thank wish you, you such so good much. Luck. Thank Heck you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Please uh, stay toward the end. We'd love to just grab a quick little picture, a screenshot with you. The, the, the new selfies online here after we do our, our closing bumper here. But we're you so grateful it. to have you. Brave stories change the world, everybody. And you are the story. Bye, everybody. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at BraveMakerOrg. Like, subscribe, and share. To become a monthly donor, text the word BraveMaker to 44321 or go to BraveMaker.com slash donate. Thanks for tuning in.